0: This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, I'm Matt Galloway, and this is The Current Podcast. 2024 is a leap year, which of course means that tomorrow the calendar will read February 29th. Did you also know that we have a leap second? And that is because the Earth's rotation is slowing down and lengthening our day, well, while the leap second has been keeping us on track so far, it turns out the clock is ticking on that solution. Rob Cockroft is an assistant professor of physics and astronomy at McMaster University, also the director of the William J. McCallion Planetarium in Hamilton, Ontario. Rob, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. What is a leap second?
1: So uh, a leap second is one of the ways that we try and keep the clocks in sync with what's going up in the sky. So ever since we've invented clocks, we've been having to make sure that they are um, keeping us relative to the sky in the correct sense. So we're all familiar with uh, the need for a leap year Mm -hmm. um, every four years as one of the ways that we keep those things in sync. But probably what people are uh, less familiar with are these the, these leap seconds that have to be inserted periodically. And how, this is because our, yeah. I was going to say, our how often are they, how often more, are they inserted? Yeah, so, so our clocks have been getting more accurate. And so since the 1970s, we've had to insert leap seconds about a couple dozen times to make sure that the very accurate clocks are keeping in sync with the sky.
0: We need to do this why? I mean, why is it that, that the Earth's rotation would slow such that we have to adjust how we measure time in some ways?
1: Yeah, so that's a a great question. The the reason why we want to do it is so that we don't end up eating lunch at midnight, for example. Um, And that's a very extreme case, and we're we're not getting there. Um, It would take us a very long time, um, longer than one person's lifetime to get there. But that would be the end result if we didn't account for leap seconds. But the reason why we have to insert these leap seconds is because... As you mentioned, the the Earth's rotation is um, slightly slowing. Um, And so we have to account for that. And why is it slowing? Um, There are various factors, but one of them does relate to climate change, um, which is not an immediate connection. But as the glaciers melt, the rock that they were previously pressing down starts to rise up, and the distribution of the weight on Earth changes. And so that will affect the spin rate of the Earth.
0: I'd read that in the time of the dinosaurs, I mean, we don't know this because we weren't around, but the sense was that they had 23-hour days. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So so we've been slowing down very, very slowly. Um, and as I said before, it's taking hundreds of millions of years. Um, so you're right. When, when the dinosaurs were around at some point, they had a 23-hour day. And as we go further into the future, our day is going
0: to get... Um, longer and longer, we need this in part because just of uh, how much of our lives run on time, right? Just remind us what what atomic time actually is because that's at the heart of of this in many ways as as, as I understand mm. yeah, so
1: atomic time is the way we keep time accurately at the moment, and it's looking at the oscillations of of what's going on within an atom, and so rather than just relying on your clock, you know watching that second hand go from. Uh, one second to the next second. Instead, you're measuring these very fast fluctuations that are going on right in the within an atom, a cesium atom. And you're saying, I'm going to count how many cesium atom fluctuations we have. Um, and that's how we're going to define a second. And we can all agree on that, so long as we have a sample of this cesium.
0: And that's important because so much of the technology that we have around us, I mean, I think of you know the clock that's in front of me right now, clicking away, the, you know, my watch, my phone, what have you. That's all geared around that time that that a lot of our technology is based on us having the 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 sense that this is the time right now that we are all on the same clock
1: yeah exactly i mean you, you whenever you look at a screen there is usually a, a clock staring back at you and so we're very connected um in the western eurocentric world in which we live we're very connected with what time it is and being on time and this sense of having to wrap things up within a certain time frame
0: yeah I'd mentioned in the introduction that the leap second um, is on its way out. There are scientists that Mm. are embracing this idea of a leap minute instead. How would that Mm -hmm. work?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm not involved with this work, but I understand it's very frustrating to try and keep track um, on the level of a second, um, you know, and, and monitoring the motion of Earth such that, do we need to add a leap second It's usually done at the end of June or the end of December every year, and it's been decided there will not be an extra leap second in June this year. It's yet to be decided whether there'll be one in December this year. But trying to keep track of Earth motion to that level of detail um, is tricky. And then um, when it is announced, then you've got to update all of your systems to allow for this extra second. So one of the proposed solutions to avoid all this uh, complexity is do away with the leap second and instead have a leap minute, which would occur much less frequency, more on the, you know, maybe on 50 years, 100 years hmm. time scale rather than approximately once every 18 months. And that would mean it's easier for folks to get their heads around, okay, we have this thing, we have a, a leap minute to prepare for, and we've got years to prepare for it rather than a few months.
0: At the risk of sounding like this is a conversation that we would be having in the middle of the night, having consumed some magic beans or something like that, the idea <laughs> of adding time speaks to this concept of time being a construct. How do you think of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So this is something I actually talk with about in my undergraduate classes when when we get onto the topic of relativity. And it is a construct. Um, and I think uh, we these opportunities that we have when we have uh, like february 29th come along or the discussion of the leap second and um, that's when it brings us up short and we realize yep time is just a construct um and uh it, it leads us down this rabbit hole about thinking about what is time and um we can get to the stage of talking about relativity, and and bear with me here. So, oh. so Einstein's main idea um, when he came up with the idea of relativity is exactly as the name implies that um, p- part of it, anyway, that time is relative, and so we will experience, we will all experience time differently depending on whether we're traveling at different speeds or we're in different um, gravitational fields. And so we don't normally get to experience that on an everyday level because we're not traveling at very fast speeds and we're not in huge gravitational fields around a black hole, for example. But um, we do have to account for those things because the satellites that our phones talk to, to keep us on track with our GPS, for example, um, you know, whenever you're up on Google Maps or something... The satellites are going faster than we are down on the ground, and they're also in less gravity because they're up in the sky orbiting around the Earth. So we have to account, our phones and satellites as they talk to one another, have to account for that difference in perceiving time. Mm. Um, and so even though we might not be aware of it, we're dealing with relativity every day.
0: So knowing, and I say this knowing that the clock is ticking on, on the time that we have, but when, yeah. you think, when you think about it philosophically, I mean, do you try to urge your students to escape the tyranny of the clock, to think differently about time? Knowing that it's yes, a I construct, knowing, yeah. knowing that it's yeah. something that we impose on ourselves, is there a way, it sounds a bit out there, but is there a way to operate outside of that clock?
1: Yeah, Change. and I, I do encourage this, and, and, and another thing that I try and do is to try and get a sense of our motion in um, the solar system, in the universe, and for example, we talk about sunrise and sunset, and it's not actually the sun that is rising or setting. It's it's the Earth that is moving. We're rotating around and making it appear like the sun is rising and setting in our sky. But we're the ones who are moving, not the sun. Um, and we we rarely get the chance to experience that change of perspective. Um, we have another opportunity: the April eighth total solar eclipse that is coming up but that we're all very excited about. Um, but it's a similar thing with time. Can you change your perspective on time? And so. I work with indigenous scholars on reconciliation and decolonization on the so- on the topic of indigenous astronomy. And one of the things that has become apparent to me is how time is culturally based and there are different perspectives on time between different cultures and different nations.
0: What should we take from that? In the last minute or so that we have, what should we, what should we take from that? Given tomorrow, we have this extra day in some ways, but we also have this extra seconds floating.
1: <laughs> mm. So, 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 Take the time, make the time to, to do something that gets you out of your regular cycle of, of the daily grind and, and look up at the sky and appreciate our connection with it is what I would take away.
0: And maybe take your watch off and not look at the clock all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I love this kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, it's a bit like interstellar or something like that, but it is fascinating to, to think about the, the construct that we've built and how our lives are, are run by it.
1: Yeah, Interstellar is a great movie. Um, it was developed with a, a Nobel Prize winning physicist. Um, and so the, all the concepts there are exactly on on target and they're they're physically true, except for when Matthew McConaughey goes through the black hole. And then it's all science fiction. But the rest <laughs> of the outside is good, is good.
0: I am so glad to have spent the time talking about this um, with you. And I'm going to hopefully think differently about time and maybe take my watch uh, off my wrist. In the meantime, Rob, thank you very much. Yeah.
1: Thanks very much for your interest.
0: Rob Cockroft is an assistant professor of physics and astronomy at McMaster University, also director of the William J. McCallion Planetarium in Hamilton. You have an extra day tomorrow. Use it wisely. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.